Welcome to Is It Bedtime Yet? The podcast for parents about mental health and the experience of being a parent. The podcast that discusses what it's like to be adults raising tiny humans that make us all ask, is it bedtime yet? Welcome back to Is It Bedtime Yet? I'm Dr. Jen and I'm here remotely with Dr. Serene. Hey, Serene. Hey, Jen. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. Still remotely doing this, so it's not... As fun as it used to be. I know. You know how much I miss like sitting on the floor drinking wine in my office with you? I know. I know. (sighs) Crazy. Um, We're like approaching, actually, by the time this is released, it'll have been like exactly a year, pretty much uh, the year anniversary of us not being able to record together in person. (laughs) How sad. I don't. I I mean... (laughs) I can't believe it's a, like, I can't believe this has been our year. Like it's just insane. I, I, it sounds so cliche to say, cause everybody says it, but it's like the year that was lost. Like it just feels like this year just flew by, like nothing has happened. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, yeah. I, well, I, I don't just, know. I just realized I have, how weird it is. I nothing to say. <laughs> I was just saying, it feels weird to say nothing has happened when I'm like, oh, but also during that time I was pregnant and had a baby. So I guess actually a lot has happened for me, but it doesn't, it, it, I don't know. It's like a weird Twilight Zone thing. Yeah. I mean, we were talking with our, our kids yesterday and, you know, like my, my kindergartner had a whole kindergarten year just on Zoom yeah. and, you know, like, um, I don't know. It's like, it's very weird. Yeah. All these activities that they would typically do at school for kindergartners, we didn't get to do. And I don't know. It's like really strange. It's so strange, but I mean, having a baby is huge. So yay for you because it was great timing. (laughs) At least you can see you did something. Right. I know. (laughs) Congrats. Thanks. Well, and I feel like that actually kind of brings us very easily into our topic for today um because so sorry we're, today we're going to talk about like sensory overload in parenting and how easy it is to be like overly stimulated by all of your senses as a parent and i forgot how much that applies to having a newborn until i had a newborn again um and then also and, and i'm sure you went through this when you had your second is how much it applies to having a newborn when you have an older kid and you have both of them and you're trying to balance the needs of like a toddler and a newborn and it's bonkers. Um, So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, Yeah. Crazy. I don't, you know, I think being home as well. Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like sometimes kids get that like need for physical touch met at you know, school when they're like rough playing with their kids, playing tag, or I know it's not the same. It's not like a hug or a cuddle, but it's that sensation, right? It's that sensory. God, that is such a good point that I had thing. not even thought of. It didn't cross my mind. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I remember like years ago, and I, I think I've talked about this in a previous episode or not, and I can't remember the articles, so I can't cite it here but you can google it and find a lot of literature on this there was something about like you know rough housing and rough playing I think we've talked about this Mm -hmm. um and how kids physical needs are sometimes met that way um it's just a way of like you know touching and like just 
you know, that rough play that they kind of like, they need that a little bit, yeah. um, but gentle, obviously, because they're a little, let's not hurt them. Right. right. Um, <clears throat> disclaimer. Too much right anyway. There. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and at school they, they play tag or they'll play basketball, you know, my older one at least, or the little one will, you know, when he's crying, the teachers will like, you know, tap him on the back or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. So there's something being met outside of the home while I'm at work or I'm, you know, doing my own thing. Yeah. But now it's like constantly it's just us. So. Yeah. We have to be the sole providers for that kind of content. Yeah. 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 You, whether it's through play or through like, you know, the nurturing, hugging, cuddling moms and dads do or – yeah. Um. God, that's such a good point. Like that, I don't know why that literally never crossed my mind. And, you know, I'm thinking about like my daughter hasn't seen, she has seen a child her age over the past year, maybe five times total and, and couldn't come within six feet of them. Um, and it just breaks my heart and it's so sad. And like seeing like how much she, and, and her crying, saying she misses hugging her friends. She misses the one. It's interesting because the one verbiage that she uses the most isn't like, I miss playing with my friends. It's not, I miss seeing my friends. She literally always says to me, Mom, I miss touching my friends. Oh, wow. And she says that, she says that all the time. She, like, she, like, with tears in her eyes says, Mom, I miss touching my friends. And so, well, because now like, she can't touch. It's like, don't exactly. Touch, don't and that's touch. what everybody says. You know, but but hearing her say that is like heartbreaking, and that it didn't even occur to me that like that might be why some of the, the physical needs of kids like it heightens over this time when they can't physically touch their friends, and so they feel the need to like get that more from their parents, which is why we get touched out more. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. and and that touch is so important. And I don't, and I know a lot of parents have kids that like wrestle, or you know, they like roughhousing, and the parents get frustrated. And it's like, well, no, you can, you know, you can have that conversation with them of like, you know, you have to touch people gently and touch them appropriately and, right. you know, and, and not, not make it seem like it's a, a bad thing. And I think now more than ever, because now touching is such a bad thing, you know, because yeah. you could get germs or you can catch COVID or whatever, you know, now, now they have this message of like touching is like bad. Right. Um, and you know, we already have conversations with our kids about like appropriate touching and, um, or or inappropriate touching and the right Mm -hmm. ways and the wrong ways. And now we're adding this to it. Like you literally can't even high five a friend because, you know, (laughs) they might get you sick or doing that might get you sick. And, um, so now it's like another layer of conversations mm-hmm. about touching. And I, I don't know why we went off into this tangent. This was about parents and <laughs> I know, feeling but, but overtouched. This but this, this is relevant. Yeah. It's well, and, the times. It, it makes me think about like I've had clients bring this up to me and also like conversation with friends where like I feel like even adults now – this is like a real tangent. But like even adults now are having like this weird like – PTSD kind of reaction when you watch like TVs and TV shows or movies that like were recorded before COVID. Yeah. Right. And you see people like kissing or touching or like all crowded in one space and you kind of get this like heightened anxiety about it because right now we're like all conditioned to like, you can't be in close quarters. You can't be touching each other. Like, or like on SNL sketches where like they do weird things where like they're all eating from the same thing or like they they all kiss each other all the time. Like, and and it creates a sense of anxiety because we're all condition to like you can't do that right now so for kids it's got to be like exponentially more intense right yeah oh gosh okay 
total side note, but there's this one show, I think it's called The Mayor or something. With oh, Ted I've seen Ted. commercials for it. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, that must – that. well, I mean, that's totally recorded like during the pandemic because, right. you know, the handshake is the elbow, elbow, you know, rubbing. Oh, that's funny. Or, you know, they, they, they reference masks and all that. And mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it's hilarious. And it's so relatable because we're living in it. Yeah. Um, and that's like the only show that doesn't give me like severe anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> because now when I watch things, I'm like, what? No, we can't do that. Yeah. We can't, we can't sit that close to people. Nope, 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 nope. Yep. So anyway, That's there's so, that Oh, I'll show. have to check that out. We'll have to look at it. Yeah, because like we were watching, like we, we've gotten really into like the Great British Baking Show over here. So we watch that a lot. And like watching the baker, and some of them are recorded during the pandemics even, but like yeah. they like do things like they like dip their finger in the batter and lick no. it and then like go back to baking. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Like you can't do that anyway, but especially now, like, oh my God. <laughs> Or The Bachelor, where like everybody's living in close quarters and kissing each other, like it, you know, crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think they've been like tested and quarantined. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? And they like, all have been quarantined. Yeah, but yeah. still, like because we aren't in that situation, it gives everybody anxiety watching that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Honestly, I would love to hang out in a commune full of people that are isolating and have been tested. Right. I know. At least there's people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I know. Well, that's kind of like what my my parents have been like that with us because like we don't live in the same household, but like they're our childcare and we've all been like totally isolated and we do like, we've done like infrequently, but like we do COVID tests just to make sure. But like we like having some kind of pod like that where like, I'm like, okay, I feel like they can come over. We can like, even just being able to like touch them on the shoulder or something or have my daughter have other people that she can touch and hang on who aren't me. I'm like, that helps me so much. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and, and I can, I can imagine parents just feeling completely touched out now because Now Good, we've shifted back to the everything. topic. <laughs> but I mean, do we ever stay on topic? No, this, of course not. This rarely happens. Um, we, we we just need a topic to exactly. put as the title of the podcast. Other than exactly. that, just ignore it all. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I really – I like the point that you brought up, though, about, like, school and, like, contact with friends being, like, such a huge outlet for yeah. kids and, like, not having that being, yeah. being something that, like, makes it even more of a burden for parents. Because I think the same thing goes with, like – with even like auditory input, you know, we've been talking so much about touch, but I think like even having time where your kids are away at school, whether you're a working parent or not, having that distance and time away from your kids is also aside from like the sensory touch input, it's a good break from that auditory input too, of like not having to like hear your kids talking or screaming or singing or whatever they do that, you know, over time becomes, it it could become an auditory overload. And we yeah. don't really have that break from them right now as much as we had in the past. And, you know, you would think that, like, after a year of being home, children would develop an understanding of what an inside <laughs> voice is. No, of course not. <laughs> I mean, you're not on the playground. You don't have to scream for your friend to hear you across the playground. I'm like, in another room. We do not live in a mansion with multiple wings. I can hear you. But they have to keep practicing that playground voice so they're ready to use it when they can go back to the playground. Jeez. I just kidding. Please don't. Good point. But no, no. 
And yeah, they're loud, man. They're loud. And it's funny because like it didn't feel that intense before when you could send them off to school and then get that break during that time. But like now that we're like living it 24-7 day in and day out, it that is like a huge component of sensory overload is that auditory input that could be incredibly overwhelming. Right. Or like, Mm -hmm. you know, even on weekends we'd have, you know, if we'd have sports or play dates or, you know, they'd go to the park and play. Like you just don't notice it because we're outside and now all of a sudden we're just constantly home and hearing like, wow, like they've got lungs. This new generation, (laughs) they're born with lungs. That's so funny. I say that all the time about both of my girls that like I think that was even like my Facebook post when I announced that I had had her was that just like, here's her, her height stats. Here's her, her weight stats. And she was born with a crazy set of lungs. Like both of my daughters from the moment they were born, just, I had no concerns about their, their capacity for their lungs and their ability to project. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Parents must be feeling a lot of sensory overload. I think you're right. I think it's more than just the feeling overtouched. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the sound and and like we have to constantly see them. So I guess our eyes, I'm joking. <laughs> our eyes, yeah. We just <laughs> smell them all the time. Ugh. Yuck. <laughs> no, no, that's total joke. Total joke. Yeah. Um, but it's but- funny because like when we went into this topic, I wasn't even thinking about the COVID piece of it. I was mostly thinking about like, you know, like – little kids and babies because I'm like in that phase right now with having right. a little baby and like how easy it is when people talk about we've talked about this before about being like overtouched when you're breastfeeding and feeling overtouched and how that can impact your relationship and then you were talking about well even with older kids you feel that feeling overtouched and feeling right. that kind of you know um but you're right that like with COVID it just adds this whole other layer that just complicates things and kind of like heightens that yeah no I mean even with old older kids for sure mm-hmm. because you know, now they, they're, I mean, at least mine, they're, they have autonomy, you know, they're mm-hmm. independent. They do things on their own. I don't, you know, I don't need to, you know, I'm not changing diapers or anything like you right. are. And they're not constantly on me, but it's like, I'll be like committed to a project. Like I'm going to mm-hmm. clean, deep clean the kitchen today. And, you know, I'm doing this and I'm like greasy head to toe, you know, I have yeah. like Clorox all over me and they'll fight and one of them will come crying saying, Oh, I yeah. need a hug. Give me a hug. I'm like, no, like, I don't want to hug you right now. I'm like covered <laughs> in like grease and cleaning detergent stuff and yeah. gross thing. Like, no, like I'm, I'm not going to like, no, but you know, you have to hug them because <laughs> you, you have to, hug you them. Have, to <laughs> have to do it. Um, but you know what I mean? It's like they're older and they don't need yeah. it as much, but it's like their timing is awful. And I'm like, dude, oh, I'm, always. can I shower first or, you know, yeah. um, yeah. can I like wash my hands? Um, they're like, no, I want to hug now. Um, so it's, it's, it's exhausting. It's totally yeah. exhausting. Yeah. Um, and it's always when you've, you're doing something or you have your hands full or you're, covered in dirt or you're, you know, watering the lawn that they decide Mm -hmm. this is when, you know, I want to go hug mom. Yep. Always. Yeah. So it's fun. Um, (laughs) It's fun. We're fine. Everything is fine. Everything's fine. It's okay. I'm okay. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And then I know we've talked about this in a previous episode, but like then how that impacts 
like your relationship and like, cause a lot of times, and this is, you know, obviously a gross overgeneralization, but like a lot of times it's, it's moms who end up being like the, the bearer of the sensory overload because, you know, I, and maybe, and maybe it's not maybe in, you know, in, in other families, but in, in my household it is. Um, and so, or even if it's dad, then how do you then deal with trying to explain that to the other, you know, parent, if there is one, or trying to balance that with feeling overtouched by a child, but then like not letting it interfere with relationship with, you know, a partner, let's say. Um, Cause that could be really hard that like, you don't want to neglect your partner who's feeling undertouched or like wanting to have physical affection when you're feeling that overload of affection and, and, and physical sensation. But I think, mm-hmm. I mean, I could see this. I mean, for me, it's so hard to go back to times where we were all living like normal people. Right. Um, You know, just with normal like routines and schedules. And back then we would talk about how this was a problem, right? Yeah, yeah. And now at least in my house, like I think we're both just completely overstimulated that's probably um, because, a valid point. Yeah. Yeah. Because now we're both home. And, you know, one thing I did, and now I, I mean, when my kids would constantly come to me, mom, where is this? Mom, where is that? Mom, give me this. You know, mom, mom, mom. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, well, I'm cleaning the kitchen. Apparently, I clean the kitchen a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the example I came up with. So we're going to stick with it. Oh, you know, okay. I'm, I'm cleaning the kitchen right now. Is this something your dad can do? Mm-hmm. and they'd be like okay let me ask him so they'd go to him yeah or if i'm in the middle of something like can your dad do this is this something he can do or he'll you know bounce it back on me like i'm in the middle of a work call can mom do it or can you wait 10 minutes or you know right. like we're kind of having to shape things around both of our schedules yeah. so we're both i think feeling just over like way over yeah. like completely um exhausted with sound yeah. and physical touch sound and touch yeah so I think now it's like balanced out Mm -hmm. I I don't think now so much it's just it's one person yeah yeah but I I mean and you answered what my next question you know was going to be was like how so how do we deal with it like as parents what do we do with it and I think you brought up one really good example is trying to share that burden a little bit more like asking the other partner to like if if there's another partner obviously for single parents it's much much more challenging um but asking if they can share that burden with you or if like hey is this something dad can deal with right now is this something that can wait 10 minutes um because I think that's really important for parents to like not reach that overload mark and try to do something to like bring yourself back down before you get to overload right and I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's important for them to learn. I mean, look at me. I'm constantly trying to reframe things that I feel like maybe it's not something I would have done before. But I mean, we have to p- put a positive reframe on things to not feel like we're constantly failing our kids, right? So the way I reframe that is, <clears throat> you know, I'm not I'm not abandoning them. I'm not not doing acts of service for them. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about that. But right. I'm I'm teaching them problem solving skills i'm teaching them self-regulation you know if if i can't be there for you right now but you can wait 10 minutes and i can be there for you in 10 minutes then do something in those 10 minutes to regulate your mood or your emotions or your needs or whatever um 
or problem solve. I can't, I can't be there for you right now. I'm right. I'm not always going to be there for you. So find somebody else in the house that can. Right. Um, even, even brother, you know, brothers and I'll ask mm-hmm. them like, does your, you know, if they have an issue with the tablet or, um, a game, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, turning a game on or, you know, the remote control cars or whatever. It's like, well, is this something your brother knows how to do? And can you ask him? Mm-hmm. Um, cause I saw him playing with it like an hour ago. So I'm sure he knows, let him show you kind of like, don't always rely on us. Like there's other, or me or moms or dads or like that one person, there's yeah. other people in the house that can share that responsibility and help you. So figure it out. Cause right now I yeah. can't. That's such a good point. Cause you know, like it's obviously like, it's not neglecting a child, but I think like to some degree, whatever the problem is, teaching children to be able to, like you said, like problem solve, to be able to uh, be patient and wait for you, to be able to self-regulate their emotions, to be able to look for other resources or other so- sources of support. Like those are all really important skills for kids to learn. Right. And I, th- yeah. I think, I mean, it's also preservation, you know, self-preservation for us, right? Because mm-hmm. we're we're stretched so thin nowadays. Yeah. So... You know, putting that oxygen mask on yourself first and like even, you know, like even even something as easy as like people talk about like hearing babies crying and like feeling overloaded by babies crying. That's something that I hear a lot from new parents and feeling overwhelmed by that sensation Um, and people feel the need to like immediately respond. But, you know, if you're already at overload and you need to take that break, stepping away for one minute or two minutes and going into a bathroom and just taking some deep breaths before you respond to that crying baby, they'll be okay. So, you know, like, like things like that, that like, I, so I'm so glad you brought that up that like the idea for, of self-care and needing to like preserve your sanity makes you a better parent. So asking your kids to wait a couple minutes before you go help them respond to whatever they're doing, or even taking a minute away from a baby to take a breath before you step back in, whatever you need to do to be a better parent to your children is going to help them in the long run. Yeah. See, for me, it's like, I can't take a break in the middle of some like an infant or a baby crying or screaming. Like I just, I, I'll, I'll, my, I think my like anxiety will like increase yeah. or my like irritability, yeah. like the noise. <laughs> so I'll, I'll just put like a little like reward system for me. Like, oh my gosh, once he That's great. or she stops crying and they're down, I'm gonna, you know, watch an episode of, mm-hmm something on Bravo or I'm going to have right. have that glass of wine glass of wine and relax mm-hmm. or I'm going to have that cupcake or whatever, whatever reward mm-hmm. it is, you know? Um, so it's like reminding myself like, okay, get to the end, get to the end, like let them calm down. Yeah. Yeah. And once they're down, you know, I'm, I'm rewarding myself. We'll see. So, and that brings up an important point too, is like knowing yourself and what works best for you. Cause we talk yeah. about all the time that like we don't all fit into a box, right? So knowing what works best for you, like advice that we give on this show may not work for everybody. Or, you know, if if uh, lead experts in the field suggest one thing, but you know that doesn't work for you, you know yourself and you know what works best for you. And so, right. like you said, like if if taking that minute to step away causes you more anxiety, obviously don't do that. Right. (laughs) So, so knowing like for, for our listeners or for anybody, like knowing what works best for you is so important. So like, I don't know, it it involves like a sense of, uh, insight and like self-awareness, but like, you know, have that internal dialogue with yourself and know what works for you so that you're not doing something that ultimately, like you said, is creating more anxiety. Right. Right. 
there's no one way of doing anything. Right. So. Especially parenting. Yeah. <sighs> well, I mean, huh? I'm glad we do this, you know, recording once a week because it gives me a chance to take a break. Yes. <laughs> on Sundays when I'm, yep. you know, over, over touched. Yep. And I- Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, as we're recording, I got a text from from my husband saying, oh, the baby just woke up from her nap. And I'm like, cool, figure it out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, having that little break is yeah fabulous. Yeah. <sighs> well, all right. Um, and for our listeners, if you have thoughts on this topic, ideas for other topics, you can email us at isitbedtimeyetpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, is it bedtime yet podcast with underscores between each of the words. And on Facebook, is it bedtime yet podcast. And don't forget to check out our Patreon. And for today, this is Dr. Jen and Dr. Serene. And we are still asking, is it bedtime yet? 